Thanks for downloading and listening to a Quick Timeout podcast presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. If you're in the market for a shooting machine, look no further than Dr. Dish Basketball's incredible lineup of shooting machines. Their CT, All-Star Plus, and Rebel Plus models have been bought by thousands of programs around the world, while their home model is being used by players all over the country, right in their own backyards and driveways. New to the lineup this year is the Dr. Dish facility model for those with basketball training businesses. These machines are must-have for those looking to take their shooting to the next level. To find out more, visit drdishbasketball.com. Thanks for tuning into a Quick Timeout podcast presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. Coach Bruce Hamburger, assistant coach for Columbia University, joins us today. Coach, thanks for jumping on the show. No, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, before we get into what I want to really kind of talk about, can you briefly share, you know, where you've been, what the roles that you've been in? And I think that'll probably set up where we're going next. Sure, sure. Um, you know, I guess starting right at the beginning, you know, I graduated college. I, I was fortunate enough to become a graduate assistant at a, at a Division three school in New Jersey, where I'm from. Uh, Back then, it was called Trenton State College. Now it's the College of New Jersey, one of the best D3 leagues in the country. And, um, you know, was fortunate, literally, again, right out of college, started working in college basketball and been doing it ever since. So I was there for two years. And um, from there, I went to Seton Hall University as a graduate assistant. Um, you know, I had actually coached in high school a few years when I was in college and had a very good player who went to Seton Hall. So I, I got to know the staff and, you know, it was, it was, I grew up 10 minutes from Seton Hall and was fortunate enough to be able to be a GA there for a couple of years. And then, you know, back then the, the roles were different, the titles were different, kind of transitioned into the volunteer assistant for a year and then the restricted earnings coach. And, um, you know, was able to spend nine years at Seton Hall and, you know, we played a national championship when I was there in 1989 and, and obviously got a wide range of experiences. Coach guys in the NBA, you know, competed in the Big East, uh, you know, at the highest level of college basketball. And from there, I became a head coach uh, where I went to school, actually, in New Jersey, Kane University. I uh, was there for 11 years as the head coach. Again, one of the best D3 conferences in the country and, you know, had a, had a terrific run there. And, you know, after my time at Kane, I I then kind of bounced around. You know, for for twenty years, I was in two schools, literally twenty minutes from where I grew up. And you know, not many guys in this profession are able to do that. To you know, coach at the highest level and to be a head coach, literally in your backyard. And um, you know, after after I was done at Kane, I, I was an assistant at a D two school in Jersey for a year. I, I actually spent two years in the WNBA which uh, with the New York Liberty, which was a terrific experience and definitely, you know, saw basketball in a different light than, you know, professional shorter shot clock. I mean, coaching women was not the difference. Everyone always asks me that. And that, that wasn't a difference, you know, coaching, I think is coaching, um, but it was just a different level and a different style of basketball. And from, from there, I went to St. Peter's university for three years and then Fairleigh Dickinson for nine years. And just, as you said, completed my first year at Columbia University. So, um, you know, was able to work with and for terrific people that, you know, as you said, all kind of shaped my 
professional career, my philosophy, my thoughts on the game, my approach to coaching, um, you know, all different experiences that, you know, we're all obviously a sum of our experiences and kind of add them all up. And, you know, you take, take the good, you, you, you learn from some of the bad and, and just, again, every, every team obviously is different. The players are different. The, the kids, when you're at a school for a while, you see the progression of your players and you, you work with different staffs, different coaches. So, you know, it all kind of, it just adds up and, you know, like all of us just try to, keep getting better and learn and adjust and adapt and keep, keep figuring it out every day. You mentioned your time at Seton Hall. Like that was really early in your coaching career and had the opportunity like your third year in and you guys are in the final four. Uh, you beat Duke in the semifinal and then you guys were a bucket away. I, I get a younger and younger audience here. So I, that doesn't seem like that long ago to me, but like you guys were right there and that, that was a yeah. big story that year. For especially as a young coach, what did that your time there under PJ Carlissimo? What did that do? Did you feel like it kind of like accelerated your career now with that perspective looking back? Uh, no question, it it did. You know, I I think it it showed me probably most importantly, and I think the biggest thing, my biggest takeaway is just was how to run a program. And and again, Seton Hall then was was not. You know, we were we were really good, obviously, but we weren't the top of the Big East in terms of facilities and funding and you know campus uh we were good but we weren't you know elite in those areas and it, it it just i just saw how he ran a program how he treated people on campus how he you know and again very good coach very demanding you know that's been well documented um with with how he coaches he he was an aggressive you know get get after his guys type of coach but you know there, there was an expectation. There was a standard every day. Coaches, players knew what it was. And if you didn't meet it, yes, you, you know, you, you heard about it, but I think, you know, that's every good coach. You're, if you're not achieving what your players, you know, if your players are not achieving what you want them to, then you're coaching them and everyone coaches them differently. But, you know, it just, again, I, I just took the professionalism, how to run a program, how to, you know, how to run summer camp, how to just, just deal with the media. Again, I think, you know, as we all know, to some level, the X's and O's as important as they are, aren't the most important thing. It's all the other stuff. And I, I really, that was my biggest takeaway as I look back now, you know, in that moment. Yeah. I didn't really, I didn't think of it that way. I was just going like all of us day to day and coaching and getting ready for the next scout and, what recruit and okay, we're now preparing for summer camp and, you know, all the different things that go into being a college coach. But as I stepped back and as I went into my first head coaching job at Kane, you know, I, I really reflected back quite often of not, you know, not the cliche, what would PJ do, but how were things run? And it just, I think it just left an impression upon me that I, I almost didn't have to overthink it. It just, it, be, it was kind of a natural progression of this, this is, you know, what I was used to. And, um, you know, obviously it worked, you know, we, we had a, an enormous high level of success. So, you know, but, but again, you, you still have to be your own guy. I, I, I knew that clearly I couldn't be him. And I, I, I was not him from a personality standpoint. And, you know, you, you, we off to coach our teams, how we coach our teams. But, you know, I think just the, the basics 
uh, in terms of foundation of running a program were, were probably my biggest takeaways from my time there. Your time with the Liberty, you mentioned a little bit about, you know, the differences and the perceived differences versus what actually happens. You know, what did that do for you as far as like being a young assistant? Yeah. You know, I, I, I think, I think what it was, it was just an exposure to a different type of basketball, you know, 24 second shot clock. So a much quicker pace. Um, I think the other thing, my, one of my huge takeaways from there was, you know, and again, I, I think as college coaches preseason, we have quote unquote, so much time between fall workouts to start of practice. Okay. We have whatever, four weeks, six weeks till we have a scrimmage there at the pro level. You're, you're literally six, seven days after you start practice, you're having exhibition games and you know, the, the better players in the WNBA are playing overseas in Europe. So you may be getting two or three players coming into training camp as you're going. So I, I think what I, my biggest takeaway was there was no wasted time. It was just, we didn't do drills just to do drills and to, to, you know, to occupy, oh, I, I got to fill a two and a half hour practice and I got to make sure that I'm getting a ton of things done. It was just very quick. Um, we, we got into things quickly, you know, we, we use five on O to teach, but it wasn't, you know, 25 minutes of five on O and repetitive. It was like, let's get our sets in and let's make sure our terminology is accurate. And, you know, again, I think it was, you know, transition, uh, pick and roll defense, just, just playing in the flow where again, you're, you know, you know, at that level with the short shot clock. And obviously now, you know, the playoffs are on. So you see it every night. Like you're not calling a thousand sets in, in the flow of the game. You're just letting you letting your players play and playing off concepts. And so I, I think, you know, that that was a, a huge takeaway that I think, again, college, we, we spend so much time and, you know, you look back at practice plans so like, is that going to happen in a game? I mean, it's a great drill. And, you know, we saw it on YouTube somewhere or someone posted on Twitter and it really looks good. But when you step back and examine it, like, is that skill or is that concept going to really happen? So I, I think that is something that I really um, looked at in a different light. And and just the other thing was just the level, obviously, of professional players, the, the level of professionalism, just how mature they were. And, and they knew, you know, it was a business. I mean, it happened when I was there, literally, you know, uh, you have practice and, you know, 10 to 12 or 1230 or whatever. And, and that afternoon the player gets traded you don't see them. And the next time you saw them was when we played that team. I mean, I have a vivid memory of that happening. It's like, damn, like literally she's out the door and, you know, the equipment people clean out the locker and they put it in a bag to send it to her. And, three weeks later when we're playing, I don't remember the, the team she got traded to. It's literally like everyone, that was one we saw, you know, they, uh -huh. they literally, here's the car service to the airport and meeting the team. So definitely not as personal level as uh, the college game, you know, much more business-like. Um, so that, you know, that, that was eye opening, but I, I kind of took that. That's even showed, you know, what the importance at the college level of the relationships that we're fortunate enough to have to, with our players. And, uh, you know, at that level, yeah, it's a, it's a business. I mean, if you're not performing, you know, you can get cut, traded, waves mm -hmm. in, in a real quick amount of time. So, and I think they realize that. And mm -hmm. I, I just really, I appreciated their level 
of appreciation for having an opportunity to play. I think they realized the players that, you know, there were, and again, now there's more teams with some expansion, but there, there were probably 10, 12 teams when I was in the league and, you know, whatever, 12, 12, 12, 13 players on a team. So the, 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 the spots in that league were, you know, hard to come by. So they really just, Every day, there was no, none of the, hey, you got to go hard. You got to do the Like, they wanted extra time. They wanted to be watching video. They wanted to get extra workouts and shots up. So just truly the, the level of professionalism um, just jumped off the board to me. I'm sure this happens a lot and has happened a lot. But the age that I'm at and, you know, having I, – I know people now that are their head coaches – and then now they're moving into assistant roles. And a lot has talked about, about moving, you know, that those 18 inches from assistant to head coach. But I, I've always wanted, and you're the first one that I've talked to on the show, to get somebody's perspective of having gone from a head coach then back to an assistant. And maybe some of the challenges, but also now a newfound appreciation and perspective because you know what he's actually going through. Did that make you better? I think so, clearly. Um, and I and I think if if I'm fortunate enough to get a head coaching job again, I would be such a better head coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, for you know, perspective is a wonderful thing, obviously. Um, but yeah, being a head coach and then going back to being an assistant, I think, you know, you you have an appreciation, as you said, for what the head coach is dealing with on a daily basis. I think you 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 have a better feel for what. I mean, I'm trying to think how to phrase for what you just need to bring to his plate, you know, because again, as a head coach and obviously levels change how much non-basketball stuff a head coach is doing. I think as we all know, the, the coaching part of the job is 10%. You know, it's, it's all the other issues that you're dealing with. And because again, as a head coach and, and more so the levels you, you keep going up, like, Everyone wants your time. Everyone needs to meet with you. Everyone, you know, the equipment manager, you know, what uniforms do you like this time of the year? Okay. What uniforms do you want? The, the medical staff is talking to you, the a- academic staff, your AD, the sports information. So there, there's so many different facets being a college coach that need contact with the head coach. So I think again, as an assistant who was a head coach, you, you kind of, you know, you, you're able to probably put out fires better and, and deal with things before they get to the head coach's uh, office, so to speak. And, and you know, you, you're you're probably also, I think, and it's helped me and in my, in my previous school at Fairleigh Dickinson, we, we had a young coaching staff. So it it allowed me to kind of coach those guys a little bit. Hopefully, you know, hopefully I impacted them with my experience and some knowledge that I might have. But, you know, you're you're able to just kind of put those guys in the right position. You know what? Like he doesn't have to deal. We can deal with that. That doesn't, he doesn't, not that he doesn't need to know it, but we just, we can handle it properly. So it's not an issue. Cause again, as a head coach, you know, I I can't stress that enough. There's just so much coming at you at times. And again, you still want to have your time aside to watch video, to meet with players, to, to, to do what you need to do um, and not, not have things come across your desk that the people on your staff can, can, can deal with, you know, obviously as a head coach, you're, you're hiring people that you trust and you think are confident and can do their job. So I've always felt, you know what, like, yeah, do my job and 
make, make that guy's life easier as a head coach. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you can get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats, in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal shooting percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Combined with HD quality, automatically captured film from the Huddle Focus smart camera, every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. Uh, you mentioned even like working with young assistants now and you being a veteran coach. Um, where have you seen young assistants go wrong or first time assistants go wrong? Yeah. Um, you know, again, I'll, I'll generalize, but I, I, I think, I think I'm trying to say it politely, but it's probably not what, great way to say it politely i when i was young i didn't have all the answers i, I meet some guys you know uh, a couple of weeks ago you know we're all at the final four you see some guys you see guys on the road recruiting it's like man i i wasn't that smart at 25 30 years old where i have all the answers and you know some, some guys they they have all the answers for sure um yeah i think there's just value in I don't know, sometimes being quiet and just listening and, mm. and not having to be right all the time and not, um, you know, you don't always have to have the answer when, when even in a staff meeting, when, when it's being discussed, I, I find that happens often where, mm. you know, everyone just feels like they have to say something. And, you know, I, I know there's, you know, all, all different, especially with players, you know, different learning studies. And after one or two people say this, something like they're not hearing everything. So, you know, I think that happens a lot during games or at halftime. All right. What do you got coach? What do you got coach? And by the third guy who's speaking, there's only so much that happens in the first <laughs> half of the game. And now it's just becoming repetitive and you're trying to, I don't know, it's almost like, you know, like a lawyer rephrasing a question, you change three words and you think you're saying something different. You're saying the same thing. And the kids have that glazed look of like, Oh my God, like, here we go again. So I, I think there's just value in, I don't know, just not always having to speak, just kind of observing and listening and, and taking it in. And, you know, again, when, when you speak, like make sure it's impactful, you know, mm -hmm. make sure there's value to what you're saying. Same in practice, you know, with a player, like mm -hmm. it, the kids know when they screw up, like, mm -hmm. you know, are we giving them something not to screw up the next time? I mean, mm -hmm. kids aren't, missing shots on purpose. They're not throwing a ball out of bounds on purpose, but okay. Was the read proper, you know, you could have done this maybe instead of just, ah, oh, what, you know, what are you doing? And then, you know, the kid goes into a shell and then you're spending 10 minutes trying to get the kid back re-engaged with your team or with the, with the practice. So I, I think, you know, I, I hope that makes sense to young guys listening to this. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to sound like the old guy who, you know, up on his porch yelling at people, but I do think there's just value in that of, of observing and, and picking your words wisely. Cause again, especially, and I found that as a head coach, you know, like there's only so many times you can, you know, blast your team or have a, you know, a, a halftime meltdown and like you, 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 you don't want them to tune you out. I think, 
you know, too often we just all of us and I'm doing it now in your answer. So I love <laughs> doing I'm talking too much, but we just we just love to hear ourselves talk. And then it's like, is it is there is there meaning in what we're saying? Yeah, no, that, that's great. I, you, to your point, they just tune you out. If yep. you keep it keep it as concise as possible. And I think that carries over to games, too. You know, they can only handle so much. Otherwise, you're just causing more stimuli and confusion right. within what happens. Yeah, yeah I, I've joked before. I said, you know, in my 20s, I knew everything about basketball. I got to my 30s and realized I don't know anything about basketball. And it, it made me a little scared about what's coming in the 40s. But yeah. um, I think that also kind of keeps you humble and keeps you keeps you learning and open to other people's opinions and easier to live with probably amongst the staff members as well. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it, it, this this time to be a young coach, any coach, not even young coach, but this time to be a coach is unbelievable. Just, I mean, what you do, like just the content that people put out. And if you just like, again, don't think you know it all. And just, I, I don't know, that's always been my thing. And like, I, I, I'm, I'm on Twitter a lot in terms of I post a lot of stuff. I'm not, I've never used it for self-promotion or, I just like post things that I wish I would see from someone else, just articles and stuff. And like, you know, if I, if I can pick up in an article, a thought, a sentence, a word, a different way of saying it, that, that helps me, then, then reading that was productive. So I, that's what I, I don't know. I just look at it like try to, I know it's cliche and corny, but like just try to get a little better each day as a coach would. And again, not necessarily, you know, an out of bounds play or a set. Cause I, again, I think, you know, that that's almost too easy nowadays. It's more like delving into, again, studying coaches, learning about different sports, you know, like that, that always fascinates, fascinates me like football guys, how they're able to manage so many people and mm-hmm. so many different unit, you know, again, the offense, the defense, the special teams, how much staff they have, you know, when you watch a football practice, kind of organized chaos. And then as basketball coaches, we're in this confined space with 13 or 14 kids with three or four coaches. And sometimes like, boy, it's, it's more difficult than it should be. So I, I, you know, things like that is, is kind of, are kind of the things that I look at nowadays and try to learn from. So if you could boil it down, what do you feel are maybe two or three most important qualities for an effective assistant coach? Um, you know, I, I think today's world, like you, you really have to be multifaceted. I mean, you, you have to, you have to know how to use social media productively because obviously it's a huge asset for recruiting just for information gathering and, and knowledge, you know, and that's, that's probably three quarters of recruiting. I mean, obviously the relationship aspect is crucial, but just, knowing stuff, having information, knowing, knowing names, knowing kids, knowing, knowing each kid's story. So I, th- I think being good with social media, um, technology, obviously, I mean, you have to know how to do your edits. You have to know recruiting software, you, you know, you have to be able to, you know, be on the road at a recruiting event and have the app on your phone and figure out the schedule and look at, the roster and be able to, you know, contact the kid. And, and again, I think just organizationally, um, and that's something I, I know myself, like I'm just talking all this content that's out there, like how do we organize it? You know, I think that's really important. I, I, I think so much of us, we, 
we have so much knowledge and there's so much at our fingertips, but like, how do we, I know that's a daily challenge for me, you know, like, all right, I read a great article. Where is it on my computer? I know it's here somewhere. Like, is it in the right file? Can I access it? All right. Hey, that's a great set. I saw, you know, do I have a way to, to find it, be it on synergy or whatever, but, and, and obviously, you know, using, again, whatever the, the method is, synergy or whatever, whatever you use for your scouting and game preparation. Um, I, I think that's crucial. Just, again, I, I think having a wide range of skills and, um, you know, relationships with, again, players, staff, you know, the college community, your athletic department, you know, everyone that you come in contact, the trainers, the academic support people, the people on campus, um, you know, I, I think, I think as coaches, many of us, we, we all run into that, you know, the season starts and we're just locked in our office we're in our office or we're, we're in the gym and nowhere else. We're walking to the parking lot and going home. And there's, there's not, you know, there's not as much interaction on campus as we probably all should have and take advantage. I mean, like, think of it, we, we all work on a college campus. Like there's not a better place to be in the world. And there's so much, so much knowledge and, and learning at our fingertips. And we probably, none of us take it full advantage of it. Um, Cause again, I think we just get so self self-absorbed once the season starts and you know, you, you, again, you literally, I right, walk in, all right, I got four calls to make and I got this tape to watch and I, I got to prepare my scouting report, practice starts, go home. All right. Got another game to watch and a couple of calls or texts. And it just, it, it just becomes such a cycle that you, you really like don't stop. And, uh, and again, I'm, I'm saying this and I'm guilty of it as anyone of just kind of catching your breath and, you know, all right, I'm on a college campus, like look around for a little bit, you know, we're all different type of schools, but you're still like, you know, this, this is what it's about. Um, how fortunate we are. Take advantage of it. Last thing I like to ask veteran coaches this, but if you could go back and maybe give yourself, your younger self, one piece of advice, what would it be? Oof, limited to one would be tough because <laughs> I, <laughs> I know I know through my career I've I've, I've made plenty of mistakes. Um, you know, I, I probably if I could go back, I, I and again, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but I, I probably got too comfortable at Seton Hall, um, and again comfortable in a good way like i said i I was 10 minutes from home working at a top whatever we were top 10 top 15 program in the country at a place that when i was a little kid i'd sneak in the side door and go play basketball in the gym and now i literally had a key to the gym but i I probably stayed there longer than i should have and i probably should have gone to a lower level to get more recruiting experience because again back then you know the the quote-unquote third assistant didn't recruit um, you were, you were known generally as the basketball guy and the scouting guy and the, the guy who ran the summer camp. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's amazing how the game has changed, but th- literally that's what we did back then. And like guys in my era, when I, when I was there in the big East at that time, like Jay Ryder was at Villanova in the same capacity, you know, Jeff Van Gundy was at Providence. Now their careers have gone uh, exponentially different than mine, but you know, it's just, you know, if you had gone to a lower level, because I, I know I had gotten involved with some head coaching jobs and that was always 
what came back as a negative, you know, you haven't recruited enough. And again, obviously we recruited, you deal with the kids on, on campus visits. And when there were, there was some job turnover, you know, when you, I was able to get out on the road and recruit a couple times when I was at Seton Hall, but not consistently where you just have that network of recruiting uh, contacts and, and just that you're out there. So, you know, that probably would be it, but Again, I, I had such a good experience there. I mean, I, I don't I don't think of it often and I don't I don't think of it with any regret. It just, you know, it is at times one of those, eh, if I did that, would things have been different? Could I have gotten involved with different jobs? But again, to to work at that level for nine years with the success we had, I you know, I wouldn't give that back uh, at all. And you still had a pretty great pretty great journey this Yeah, no, it's been I'm I'm still working waiting to go to work. You know, I haven't, I haven't worked. It's like all of us. I mean, we're, we're walking into work with warm ups and sweats and t-shirts and we're coaching basketball. I mean, like, you know, who, who's kidding who we all, we all have it pretty good. Uh, you mentioned you're on Twitter. I, I enjoy the articles that you post, even if, you know, you don't feel like anybody's paying attention. I am it. And uh, others will benefit from those too. Where can they connect with you on Twitter? Um, it, it's coach Bruce ham. Now I'm surprised how many people say things to tell me that they do see stuff. So I, I, and I'm glad that they do. Cause I, that, that kind of makes me feel good that I'm just sharing something that, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, that I, I would hope that I would see from someone else if I didn't see that article. So it's, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Everyone, everyone uses it differently. I just do it to share things that I read on the hope that, you know what, maybe that's that articles is impactful and help someone like it helped me. So that's uh that's that's good to hear, though. But I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate you doing that. And uh, others will benefit from it. So I hope they connect with you. That's Coach Bruce Hamburger, assistant coach for Columbia University. Coach, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. No, thank you, Tony. I appreciate you having me. And I, I love following you and the stuff that you put out as well. So uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it.